from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, good morning, security gang from the road again. It's Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. Good morning, everyone. We're live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Rumble. So good morning, everyone who's tuning in this morning. We've got a busy, busy show. And I've been listening to a lot of the Black Hat content we've put together. I'm really, really excited. We'll be publishing the first episode on Friday. And then every three days thereafter, uh, I want to give a shout out to to Pantera, to uh, Blindspot Security, to Mesmo, and, um, and, and our friends over at Adaptive Shield for being part of uh, the programming that we did at Black Hat. It was some great conversations, some really good content, I think. All of you will be enjoying very, very much over the coming few weeks. So with that being said, though, we've got a packed show this morning, a lot going on. So without further ado, it's a paper cup. Yes, I know. Um, So they have an espresso machine. They don't have glass. I don't know why. It's America. We need to have a serious conversation about our coffee game. Coffee cup. Cheers, y'all. With that being said, though, Google today has announced the release of Chrome 116 to the stable channel with patching 26 different vulnerabilities, including 21 of which were reported by external researchers. Based on the bug bounty pro, uh, reward paid out, the most important of these is CVE 2023-2312, a use after free flaw in the offline component. The reporting researcher was awarded $30,000 bounty for their findings, according to the advisory. Next in line is CVE 2023-4349, a use after free issue in device trust connectors, followed by inappropriate implementation and full screen TV 2023-4350 and a use after free bug in network 4351, of which they were paid out $5,000, $3,000, and $2,000 respectively each. So Chrome 116 is out overall. Google to uh, launch this specific Chrome and fix all those bugs uh, paid $63,000 to the reporting researchers. Uh, They've made no mention of any of these vulnerabilities being exploited in the wild, but the rollout is there. Make sure you get your Chrome browsers updated. An open MNS bug, NMS bug, sorry, steals data and triggers denial of service monitoring. um, So maintainers of open MNS, NMS, sorry, patched a high severity vulnerability in both the community supported and subscribed subscription-based version of the widely used open source network monitoring software. The XML external entity injection vulnerability gives attackers a way to exfiltrate data from the open NMS file server system, sends arbitrary HTTP requests to internal and external services, and triggers a denial of service condition on affected systems. The platform is trusted by companies like Cisco, Gigacom, and many others. Researchers from Synopsys who discovered the vulnerability in June reported it to the maintainers, and that was patched last week. CVE 2023-0871 impacts both Meridian and Horizon, the subscription-based and community-supportive respectively versions of OpenNMS network monitoring platform, says Ben Ronallo, vulnerability management engineer for Synopsys. The platform is trusted by companies like Cisco, Gigacom, Savannah River Nuclear Solutions, as well as other critical infrastructure sectors. Organizations using OpenNMS to monitor the local and distributed networks for a variety of uses, including performance management, traffic monitoring, fault detection, and alarm generation. So there's that. There's a permissive XML parser as well, configuration that makes the parser prone XML external entity attacks. So it would allow files and URLs to be referenced within the XML and XXC vulnerabilities like those discovered by Synopsys and Lambda Attack would essentially interfere with the application's processing of this specific data. Now that the patch is released, they're asking everyone to make sure to get that patched up as well. 
Avanti's avalanche is impacted by a critical pre-auth stack buffer overflow. Avanti can't seem to get out of the headlines with an additional vulnerabilities. They seem to come with them in kind of like like waves, right? So the uh, two stack-based buffer overflows collectively track the CV 2023-32560 impact Avanti Avalanche, an enterprise mobility management solution designed to manage, monitor, and secure a wide range of mobile devices. The flaws are rated critical with a 9.8 CVSS score and are remotely exploitable without needing any user authentication. They allow attackers to execute arbitrary code on the target system. It's affecting versions 6.4.0.0 and older and uh, which receives communications over TCP port 1777 and attacker sending specially crafted data packets containing hex strings or a list of a decimal strings separated by type 9 can cause buffer overflow due to a fixed size stack based buffer used to store the converted data. So this type of problem is where the program writes more data to an, adjust, uh, an, an adjacent memory buff block than it can hold. So the issues were discovered by the Tenable researchers and reported to Avanti on April 4th, while a proof of concept was shared with the vendor on April 13th. So there's that as well, and that adds to the headaches over for the team at Avanti. The threat actor has automated the exploitation of a recent Citrix vulnerability and infected roughly 2,000 Netscaler instances with a backdoor, according to the NCC group. CVE 2023-3519 are the critical vulnerability we discussed on the show last month and was being exploited as of June of this year, including in attacks against critical infrastructure uh, organizations. The issue allows unauthenticated remote attackers to execute arbitrary code on vulnerable Citric application controllers and gateway appliances that are configured as a gateway or a AAA virtual server. Roughly a week later, patch uh, after the patch were released, Bishop Fox warned that it identified more than 20,000 Citrix appliances still vulnerable. Now, NCC Group said it observed an automated exploitation campaign in which more than 1,950 Netscaler instances were compromised, representing roughly 6.3% of the 31,000 vulnerable applications identified at the beginning of the exploitation campaign. The company identified close to 2,500 web shells on the compromised instances and says more than 1,800 of them remain infected. Uh, starting August 10th, the uh, Dutch Institute of Vulnerability Disclosure has been notifying the impacted organizations of the findings. More worrying, the firm says, is that roughly 69% of the infections occurred before the impacted organization applied the provided patch. However, the backdoor had not been removed, meaning the patch itself may have fixed the issue, but it didn't remove any abuse of the issue there. And again, that's something, you know, that, that, that may or may not be very common. Uh, most of the identified infections are in Europe with Germany, France, and Switzerland. The most impacted Japan and Italy round up the top five with Canada, Russia, and the U.S. have virtually no infected Netscaler instances in their respective environments. LinkedIn accounts have been hacked in a widespread hijacking, widespread hijacking campaign. According to CyberIt, many LinkedIn users have been complaining about account takeovers or lockouts and an inability to resolve the problems through LinkedIn support. Some have been pressured into paying a ransom to regain control or faced with permanent deletion of their accounts, according to Corel Tayer, a CyberIt researcher. While LinkedIn has not yet issued an official announcement, it does appear as though that their support response time has lengthened with reports of high volume of support requests. From complaints seen on Bleeping Computer, Reddit, uh, by Bleeping Computer on Reddit, Twitter, and Microsoft forums, LinkedIn support has not been helpful in recovering breached account. The users are just getting frustrated by the lack of response. One user said their account was hacked six days ago. Email was changed in the middle of the night, and they had no ability to confirm the change or prevent it. 
No response from them anywhere. It's pathetic. I tried reporting my hacked account, going through identity verification, and even DMing uh, LinkedIn help on Twitter. No response anywhere. Um, people are increasingly frustrated with that. The number of attacks appears to be using leaked credentials or brute force uh, to attempt to take over of a large number of LinkedIn accounts for accounts that are appropriately protected by strong passwords or MFA or multiple takeover attempts resulted in a temporary account lock imposed by the platform as a protection measure. Owners of these accounts have then prompt are prompted to verify ownership by providing additional information and to update their passwords before they're allowed to sign in all over again. So after that, the hijackers changed the account password, preventing the original holders from accessing their accounts. Many of the users also reported that the hackers turned on two-factor authentication after hijacking the account, making the uh, recovery even more difficult. And this is kind of the situation between what came first, the chicken or the egg. We say use MFA. But if you don't use MFA, hackers take over your account and use MFA. Well, now we're in a conundrum, right? Uh, the story of our lives in security. A AI model trained on typing recorded over a smartphone was able to steal passwords with a 95% accuracy. This is coming after the researchers at Cornell University presented the report of practical deep learning based acoustic side channel attack on keyboards this month. In addition to a smartphone trained the AI model over conferencing app Zoom with the latter, the model was able to replicate passwords with a 93% accuracy. With recent developments in deep learning, this is significant, y'all, and something a bit more exciting. Uh, sorry to sound really excited about it, but I, I love these types of researchers. It really plays well for me because, well... It's another threat vector. And will someone take advantage of it? Maybe how could you potentially train your phone, sit in an airport as someone's logging in and, and, and train your model to do that? Potentially. It's not a, it's, it's, it's a viable use case. And finally, we've been talking a lot about the China hack of Microsoft Exchange, the fact that it's going to the Cyber Safety Review Board at DHS and, and a whole lot more. But now, uh, Representative Don Bacon of, ne of Nebraska, a member of the House Armed Services Committee, said that he was also a victim of the Chinese email hack. And now is apparent that the uh, communist government in China are not our friends and are very active in conducting cyber espionage. I'll work overtime to ensure Taiwan gets every dollar of the 19 billion in weapons backlog they've ordered and more, according to his disclosure. The Washington Post Post first reported Bacon's disclosure. The revelation comes about a month after it became uh, aware that Chinese hackers uh, broke into the emails of a group of senior U.S. officials, including Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo and Ambassador to China Nicholas Burns, as well as potentially um, uh, Secretary Blinken and others with uh, business in China ahead of Blinken's visit to China back then. So and now we know that they've also uh, uh, hacked the emails of elected members of Congress. We'll see what that really means. But again, no surprise there. We know this is the China modus operandi. And if, you know, it's great that he wants to be a neocon and send more weapons to Taiwan. But, you know, a great way to weaken China is to reduce trade significantly and encourage U.S. companies and European companies to look at other countries like India, countries that are easier to reason with and 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 and, and more uh, uh, are less active in this arena to really help with that. So, um, you know, but logic and Washington D.C. don't always go hand in hand, folks. 
Um, so there's that. That's it for our show this morning. I'm glad we were able to get it done at a reasonable time. Thank you all for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe. Please make sure to follow uh, our, our, our social media pages. Go check out our YouTube channel. Some great content. We'll be back in the studio tomorrow, hopefully giving you all the latest as we wrap up this week. Until then, have a great rest of your day, y'all, and stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.